Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. Is it finally coming home? This is the biggest game, the one that you dream about, the one that means the most. In the words of our star striker, Alessia Russo, this really is the game that means the most. And the fanfare continues as England march into the final of the Women's World Cup in Australia. Actually ecstatic when the full-time whistle went. It's like the click of reality, like we're through to a World Cup final. Well, I was here with my daughter and my sister, but the reaction in this whole place is unbelievable. I mean, the place erupted, it was just brilliant. But our team's continued success off the back of a Euros win last year has led the country into a bit of a quandary. How do we celebrate what they've done, not only in this year's tournament, but for women's football as a whole? There's talk of a statue for the woman masterminding the Lionesses to potentially their second major trophy in as many years, manager Serena Weigman. Well, going to a final feels really good. <laughs> and I'm the lucky one that now in two, uh, two last tournaments I went to the final. So now I'm going to the final with my team. Plus there are calls to relax alcohol laws and open pubs early for the final on Sunday, as well as continued pressure for a bank holiday to recognise their success if they can bring the World Cup home. So, just how will England celebrate another major football final? Joining me now is our arts correspondent, Robert Dex. So Rob, the Lionesses are heading for the final. A lot of talk about how the UK is planning to prepare for the big day on Sunday. Uh, What are the sort of key things really that is being talked about in terms of how we can celebrate potentially another trophy for the women's team. Talking to people, um, I think people are confident in a way they wouldn't be if it was the men's team. You know, people are sort of expecting to be celebrating. I don't really really like saying that without sort of putting a jinx on it. But yeah, I think certainly up and down the country, there's going to be a a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I know my daughter plays for a, a girls football club in East London and they are showing the final there. And I'm sure pretty much every girls and women's team across the land is doing something similar. One of the issues is there's been some talk about can pub, pubs can open early, but it's where they can serve alcohol early. And it comes down apparently to individual licences. Now, to change your licence, you had to apply by August the 11th if you wanted to open early and, you know, be have the beer be overflowing in time for the final. And of course, by August the 11th, we didn't know that England were going to be in the final. 
which is one of those sort of perennial problems you have. So there might be a few people sitting around nursing um, orange juices till half time, perhaps in, in the pubs. But no, I, I think, you know, one of the things we've struggled with, obviously, is the World Cup being in Australia. Some of the timings haven't been fantastic. But 11 o'clock on Sunday is going to be pretty good. I, I'm expecting a huge TV audience. And I'll say lots of people out and about watching it as well. That's it. And I imagine a few people perhaps watching it in bed on a Sunday morning, a lazy Sunday morning. Um, a bit of an economic boost, though, for the UK as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things you never know until, until it's happened. But um, I mean, it, it's not rocket science, is it? I mean, they've been brilliant. They're in the World Cup final. I know for a fact that we'll be getting the the pizzas and the popcorn in to watch it as a family and lots of other families will do that and if you replicate that across the country it's bound to be an economic boost you know people maybe pushing the boat out and splashing out on some food or some drink or whatever to celebrate and to watch it that they maybe wouldn't do or going to the pub for lunch that they maybe weren't going to do yeah I, I mean things like this are always an economic boost and, and they also just make people feel good and productivity, we always see productivity going up when, when things like this happen. So, yeah, it should be interesting once the facts and figures come out and we see, we see what's happened. And outside of the drama of the match itself, I understand in the build-up, there's a bit of drama around which key figures will fly to Australia for the game. What's been happening with that? It's become sort of a royal story and a political story in terms of who isn't going. The Queen of Spain is going. Now, the King is not going. And Prince William is not going. In the classic way that where our royal correspondents also, we, we, uh, palace sources have said, there seems to be some of the disquiet over William not going. They've sort of said, well, his big thing is, is green environmental campaigning. It doesn't look great if he then gets in a plane to fly halfway across the world for an eight-hour jolly in Australia. And I think you do sort of feel sorry for him because if he had gone, you know somebody would have had a go at him for doing precisely that. So he's sort of in a... A can't win situation. I think with the King as well, the message he put out when they beat Australia was he was he was sort of rather on the fence because obviously he's also the King of Australia. So he had to sort of say, well done England, but you know, commiserations Australia. And it maybe wouldn't have been a great look if he'd then sort of jetted off to support England in the final. So as ever, the royal family would get it from both sides, I think, whatever they'd done. Politically, it, it, it's got interesting. The Prime Minister is not going. Now, the um, Secretary of State for Culture, Media and Sport was going to represent the government, though we have been told very late this morning, actually, the Foreign Secretary is going as well. So that does suggest that somebody in Downing Street has said, hang on a minute, th this is a bigger deal than maybe we thought it was. And we need to send one of the you know big beasts from the cabinet, you know, one of the holders of the great offices of state over to wave a union flag and a St George's flag and, and show a bit of support. One thing we've seen a lot of calls for if England do win, is a bank holiday in celebration. Obviously, everyone gets excited for that kind of thing. We didn't get one for the Euros win last year. Could you see that happening at all this year? I mean, who, who knows? My instinct would be that, that the government aren't going to immediately declare an, an, an extra bank holiday. I mean, what I would hope is whatever happens on Sunday, something is done to mark what they've done. Because, I mean, when they won the Euros, they had that sort of... Temporary stage put up in Trafalgar Square, didn't they? And they, they brought the, the trophy out and stuff. But I, I remember watching that at the time, just thinking, is, is that it? You know, because it was sort of over and done quite quickly. And I think, though, you know, you'd think at the very least they could get them an open top bus to go around London in. And I think people would turn out for it. It's interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of it 
comes back to women's football as being underreported, underrepresented, underappreciated. So I think there is maybe a feeling that previous achievements haven't quite been lauded as much as they should be, and therefore people playing catch up with it. But I think also that's that's the same with football. Interestingly, I was looking through some some stuff today and. 2009, so what's that? That's 14 years ago. 14 years ago, I was the Press Association reporter inside Downing Street when the rest of the 1966 squad got their medals. Because when we won in 1966, only the first 11 got a medal. And so that had taken, what, 40-odd years for the rest of them to get some recognition and for a medal to be given to the physio and, you know, the, the family of the manager and stuff like that. And that actually was because... Gordon Brown, who was Prime Minister at the time, obviously a proud Scotsman, but a very keen football fan, was aware of the injustice and was, was determined to, to put it right. So I think there is a feeling that, yes, with women's football and actually just football generally, we've never quite made enough of the great successes. And actually, hopefully, people now are sort of thinking, whatever happens, come what may on Sunday, these people need to be made a fuss of, and hopefully they will be made a fuss of in, in, in the correct way. Let's take a break now. In part two, our football correspondent Simon Collings tells us from Australia how England can beat Spain. England will probably be quite comfortable to say to Spain, look, you can have it because we're so confident in our defence. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Joining me now from Australia is our football correspondent, Simon Collins. So, Simon, in the build-up to the final on Sunday, first of all, how do you think the atmosphere is among the women's team camp? Because it is obviously their second major final in as many years. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite quite relaxed, actually. I mean, we spoke to Serena Viegman today and she was a usual shell. She's always very sort of calm and collected, which is what the players say, but... Where England's base is and where I am at the moment is this sort of little town, you know, sort of an hour outside of Sydney, very quiet, very tranquil. And the players the other night were having dinner with their families, sort of given free times. And yeah, there's a very sort of relaxed mood, which is maybe because they've been in this position before with last summer's Euros. And I think that has helped that for them, they know what this is like when it gets that final game, that big moment. And and the mood is good. It's, it's relaxed. And if you were Serena Wiegmann, what would worry you most about taking on Spain? I mean, I think for Spain is if, when you play Spain, you know you're probably not going to have much of the ball. They play very much the way, the, similar to the men's team, and it's the sort of the way the Spanish Federation want the team to play. They want them to dominate the ball, dominate possession. And that is always the worry with Spain. You're going to give them the ball and you're going to sacrifice it. But I think England's shift at this tournament 
where they've gone to that back three actually makes them better set up to play Spain. I think in the past, England might have wanted to get an arm wrestle and be the ones to have the ball. But I think now England will probably be quite comfortable to say to Spain, look, you can have it because we're so confident in our defence. And with big games like finals, there's normally key players that will determine how things go. Who do you think will be those key players for both sides in the final? Yeah, I mean, I think for England, that front two of Alessio Russo and, and Lauren Hemp will be vital because of that sort of shift in play. You know, they're much more of a direct team now, England. You look at that second goal against Australia. It was, it was quite a sort of route one football up to Lauren Hemp. And um, the way those two have sort of struck up a strike partnership is quite a sort of old school football. You don't really see that now. So I think they'll be key for England. And for Spain, it's hard to look past Atiana Bonmati. She had a brilliant season. You know, I think she's definitely a contender for the Ballon d'Or, the way she helped Barcelona win the Champions League. And in this sort of World Cup, she's been so hard for other teams because she just gets in those pockets of space in between the sort of defence and midfield. You don't know who's supposed to pick her up. So for England, that's going to be a big job. And I, I think Kira Walsh will probably try and do that. She knows Bonmati from Barca. So I think if England can stop Bonmati playing, they'll have a chance of, of winning the game. And are there any weaknesses in the Spanish team that we will look to exploit? I think centre-back will be the main area. Obviously, there was a big issue with the Spanish team in September last year where 15 players went on strike. And they've had three of them come back for this World Cup, but then they're missing Mappy Leon, the Barcelona centre-back, and she's a brilliant player. I mean, she's up there with one of the best defenders in the world. The fact they haven't got her means they are short at centre-back. I mean, Lea will probably play there. I mean, before this World Cup, she had eight appearances. She's looked a bit shaky at times. So I think for England, that'll be the area they'll want to exploit because Bredes, brilliant centre-back, like Captain Spain in the past, but Kadina is still, we talk about this final, you know, and this being new for people. I mean, this for her really is a big step forward. So I think for England, that'll be the area they'll go for. And so much in sport is down to mentality. And this England team does seem to have such a cool head throughout this tournament, where we've seen with the penalties, obviously in the Euros last year as well. Could that strength in belief and that character actually carry them through to, to win the tournament, do you think? I think it will definitely be a big impact. When we spoke to players in the mix zone after that Australia game, they was looking ahead to the Spain game and they were saying the big thing for them was that they've been in this position. They know what it takes to get over the line. They felt like that was the difference with Spain. You know, this Spain time never been in a major final. And when England was struggling at the start of the tournament, it was, it was basically their mentality and their grit that got them through those group games. You know, they weren't playing great. They dug it out and, and that Nigeria game was probably the biggest example in the last 16 where, you know, you're down to 10 players, it's a penalty shootout. And at that point, it literally is a bit of strength. And for this squad, I think they really do feel like any sort of challenge or hurdle, if they go a goal down, if they lose a player, they can cope with it and that'll be a big weapon. And can you put into words, Simon, just how significant it will be for this England team to win this World Cup, considering it will be two, two trophies in as many years, which we haven't really seen in football for forever, really? Yeah, I mean, they're already the most successful England senior team in history by getting to two successive major tournament finals. I mean, that Euros was obviously a watershed moment. I think the fact it was in that summer where it was sort of a clear window, it was, it was on all our TVs, we were there in England. I think this, in terms of an achievement for me, will, will be greater than that. I think being on the other side of the world, I think the injuries they had, I think the way they had to switch formation, the way we've spoken about the mentality of digging deep, I think is absolutely massive. And and. You know, World Cups, we know in this country how often do we bang on about 1966. And to have these women break England's long wait for a World Cup, I think is huge. And, and they've inspired people last summer. But what this will do for, for the next generation, I think will just turbocharge what, what's already been laid. 
Pick up the Evening Standard newspaper for more news, interviews and analysis or head to standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back on Monday afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.